Happy Hump Day. It's another episode of the Best Bet Show presented by the Field of 68, all made possible by Bet Rivers. It's the weave coming at you. Heavy chatter today in the mob forum. Great to see it. Always love to uh, to dive in. Play, be, please be civil uh, in there. But hey, I'm Matt. <laughs> Kai's on the left. Jim's getting hydrated on the right. Uh, and I'll go to the, the hydration station, Jimbo. What'd you learn last night, other than the fact that Texas may be the worst defense in college basketball? <laughs> well, yeah, the the, uh, the downgrade there from Beard to Terry, I think, is relatively evident. Kansas State, Matt, I, I don't know when you're going to surrender. They're, like, actually good. Uh, my, my takeaway yeah, they're, is more they're of a pet though. Oh, my they're God. Solid. They're 3-0 the big two. What do they have to do? What do they have to do? They're solid. They just won at Texas off overtime. Like, oh, man. Two and we'll, 12, go through right? a little bit. we'll go through a little Big 12 power rankings. I mean, Big 12 is just really good. So, uh, Marquette. I tweeted about them last night. I absolutely love watching them. I think they are one of the most aesthetically pleasing teams in the entire country. The ball moon is ridiculous. Tyler Kolek's like live dribble passing. He doesn't ever have to put Very two good. hands on the ball. He can just whip it. Between that and Cam Jones' weird finishing around the rim, <clears throat> they've got these like fun idiosyncrasies to to go in. And it, it's Iguodaro is like one of the best passing big men. I love him, Kai. I can't yeah. I can't hide my unabashed love for the Marquette offense. They're awesome. Omax Prosper is really good too. I, I saw I saw a tweet that said like in Kolik, there's a certain amount of games. I don't know what it was. Twenty four assists, three turnovers. I mean, the guy's been absolutely incredible. Eight to one turnover ratio, not bad. Uh, K State was was my takeaway. One of the best offensive performances ever. One point four one points per possession. Thirty one for thirty three from the free throw line and thirteen for twenty four from three. Texas scored one point two six points per possession and lost by thirteen. That is pretty hard to do the big 12 by the way all 10 teams are in the top 40 of Kempom right now there is a scenario where every single team makes the tournament i'm rooting for it personally i would love that we had a question about is k-state up out of the basement of your big 12 power rankings i think they would be favored against one team on a neutral floor right now and that's west virginia that tells you how I, good this league is yeah right i think it's the k-state's really good like i've, I've sort of I'm partially conceding, I guess, Jim, with the Purple Kittens, but I still think they're the worst team in that league. Again, no, of just they're a not point the worst team of, they're not the worst. I still kind of do too. Kind of with, yeah, kind of with me. Look at the results. What's, I mean, they're, they're you can put an asterisk next to all of their games. Um, again, impressive-ish, but you can put an asterisk next to all their games. We're going out east to what could be the most rabid home crowd in all college basketball. John Fanta, our up very own, claims it is going to be the most high home crowd in college hoops this season. The artist formerly known as the Dunk Jim, Providence, hosting Connecticut. The Huskies have shown a little bit of leveling off as of late, uh, still, though still very dominant. Um, not quite as dominant as the team that we saw for the first, what, six weeks of the season. The spread is sitting at minus five. The toll is up to 130 or 141, sorry, 143, 142, 141, kind of all over the place. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, they're kind of not not quite as... Mm-hmm sinking as Purdue right now, but it's the two Portland champs that I think really kind of blew everybody away out there in, in super competitive fields, uh, myself included, and have trended back down a little bit that maybe the numbers just got too inflated. I don't think this is by any means like a bad team, uh, but yeah, they've struggled against the number recently. I believe they've it's three straight non-covers. Yep. Uh, but I saw somebody in the chat ask about the under Kai, I don't want to touch a UConn under. No. They, they just, they really get up and down. The depth means like they're never going to, slow down and, and be happy playing a grind. Uh, Ed Cooley as a dog, always worth mentioning here in this situation, 93 and 65 against the spread 59%. That's at, just at Providence 25 and 16 as a home dog. Not as big of a sample, of course. 
Uh, but UConn's just scary. Uh, an awful yeah, yeah. loss. This almost is close to a Providence's sell high because of how well they've played lately, and, and UConn is off that loss. So I, I ultimately stayed away here, Kai. I just I couldn't couldn't talk myself into one side emphatically. I'm staying away as well. Yeah, to your point on the over under here, uh, UConn unders are scary because they can score so well. Their defense is great, but man, can they score? They're ten and five to the over this year. Not a huge cover margin, so the mark the uh, the lines have been pretty spot on with what their totals have been. Still worth noting. I respect Providence quite a bit. I respect them so much, Matt, that I didn't bet UConn for a fourth straight time. UConn 0-3, Jim mentioned in the last three games. Really disappointing uh, against the spread, that is. Providence has been really good, man. They have a great home court. You know it's gonna, they're going to be amped for this game. Jim said the stat about Cooley as a dog. I still think UConn's the best team in the country. They can overwhelm the, Fly- the Friars, but they've been a bit cold lately shooting threes, and, man, they shoot a ton of them. When they're missing, when they're settling for that, instead of going inside to Sonogo or Klingon, they can be defeated. I'm staying away in this game at five. I think this is a big Bryce Hopkins game. Uh, it's the game in Butler. They were dominant, but he like did nothing. It was all Devin Carter, the Devin Carter show. And it's kind of the theme of Providence, right? They have a different guy sort of step up every night, but they do have a, a legit star uh, caliber weapon with Hopkins. Plenty of good matchups that you kind of has to throw on him. I, I do think he kind of has that rides that home, uh, you know, that home cooking momentum has a big game. And I think they keep this very competitive all the way through I don't know. Why would you fade Providence? Like, you know, if it's going to go one way or the other, the the, the luck gods will will tip it in their favor. So uh, I, I respect um, the gambling gods who are uh, clearly in the court of the Friars the last year and a half at this point. Uh, next game, Jim. The D-U-K-E Duke Blue Devils tra- traveling not so far to, uh, to Rally Durham take on NC State. A game to me that feels like an absolute shootout, um, just the way NC State plays and Duke sort of uh, I don't know, inconsistent defense and potential to put big runs on people in a hurry on offense. The line's been bet up to uh, minus five, open three and a half, total at 144 and a half. Your thoughts? Yeah, Matt, the one thing I would maybe like here is the over. I haven't bet it, but I'm certainly thinking about it. Nine of the last yeah. 10 in Raleigh have gone over. Uh, and that's, you know, spanning multiple coaches, of course, for NC State uh, and now a new coach mm-hmm. for Duke. So take that as you will. Uh, but Duke is better offensively than defensively this year. I think Russ Hainline pointed that out, uh, especially recently. Uh, he, he's a big Duke fan. He, he tweeted that the Bartorvik splits recently are very heavily weighted towards offense for them, which wasn't necessarily our perception coming in. But it's definitely the case with NC State, especially without Mahorchich in there. They've got big time scorers on the perimeter that are probably going to get into the lane off the bounce. Matt, your boy Jalen Blakes has been kind of a revelation for yep. Duke. Uh, he's kind of taken over as the best guard. Like he might be better than Roach. He's like definitely better than Proctor right now. Uh, he's, he's been really good. We'll see how he is on the road here in a big test, but Kai number felt a tad high to me, but I don't feel like fading Duke with a semi undisciplined team. So the only thing I might bet here is the over. Yeah. Five feels a bit high here. I feel like it should be Duke's game. Uh, I hesitate from taking it. Your point about the over Duke's pace hasn't been very high this year. In fact, they were pretty much an under team for a while, but they're five and one now to the over in the last six games. Definitely trending towards an over team now. I think Mahorchus' absence for NC State, their big man who's been hurt, is going to be more felt in this one. Uh, Duke can absolutely win the glass battle, eat inside. NC State's guards are really erratic, but they could have success with Smith and Joyner going against Duke's perimeter. They're just so hard to trust. I say this every time you mention NC State. Is there a home angle here? I see Russ in the chat. Who you mentioned, 
say Duke doesn't really play well at NC State. I think Matt maybe can back that up as a Duke fan himself. Four and six um, on the road. Last, four and six on the road. And obviously, ATS, Duke is. Yeah, yeah, and it's not great. And obviously, Duke gets everyone's best shot every game, right? You're, you're always pumped to play Duke, host Duke. I'm staying away. Five points feels about right. Nothing for me. Yeah, kind of the key point you brought up is the uh, Mohorsic injury for NC State. They're kind of in the same boat as last year where they didn't really have a legit rim protector after Bates went down. Their defense completely collapsed last season. Uh, this year, they're just a little bit better on the perimeter, a little more athletic, and they have some uh, a slightly improved front line. Jack Clark's been kind of their defensive uh, ace from what I've read. I haven't watched a ton of them, to be honest. But Ryan Young, like we kind of made fun about that signing for Duke in the offseason. He's been quietly their most consistent contributor. I do think it's another great matchup for him where even if they're playing a little slower, uh, I think they can feed it inside and he can have some success. So if you're riding me over, it's more of an efficiency play, I think, than a pace play. Yeah. Uh, Kai, our neck of the woods. Well, Jim, you too. You're just a, a newer a newer addition to the Chicago, Chicago squad. But Northwestern is hosting Illinois. Purple Kittens, another situation, Kai, where they're not going to have much of a home court advantage, right? We know this game will be oh. basically a, you know, a Lion-Eye crowd. My gut was like, man, this is the game Illinois gets back on track in a real short road favorite spot against the Northwestern team that always cracks in conference. They play above their heads in non-conference. Mm-hmm. It's the same old sad song. It's up to three and a half now. So the market has bet every ounce of value out of this line. Yeah. I can't back it. What do you think? Yeah, I liked it two and a half here. Uh, we, we've been in Illinois Northwestern games, at least I have. It is about a 50-50 split. There's going to be a lot of Illinois fans in the building uh, tonight. I think Illinois dismantles Northwestern, honestly. I, I don't think the Cats can hang. I think they're a little bit overvalued. I still think Illinois has a lot of room to grow. I think they got a little bit too down in the analytics after the Mizzou loss. Still a really good team. Sky Clark should be back for them. He, I think he could have gone against Bethune, uh, decided to rest. He's had a few days off. Illinois doesn't really need to score inside to have success, and that's really where Northwestern's defensive uh, strength lies. Number one in the country in two-point field goal percentage defense. Illinois can get a lot of looks from the outside. Northwestern doesn't guard the perimeter very well. I don't think they can handle them in transition. And again, the fan angle, a lot of Illinois fans are going to be there tonight. Uh, I like Illinois here, minus three and a half, a little bit high, but still leaning their way, Jim. Yeah, still still gut lean to Illinois. I don't really have a number edge either, but it's just this feels a little like Marquette St. John's yesterday, where it's like a team I think is actually still pretty good, maybe not as good lately as Marquette has been, Illinois, but uh, against a team at home I don't trust. I don't know what uh, the home value is going to be, like you said. And this uh, Jordan Majeski tweet like just woke me up to this. He's like, it's January. It's Northwestern. Like You want to be on the other side. In their last 24 games in January, Matt, what do you think they are ATS? I don't know. It's been a horrible last two years, like 7 and 14. 5 and 19. Just, 5 and guess. 19 in their last 24. Like They are a horrific January team because Big Ten teams outclass them. And like you said, their numbers have gotten inflated from solid non-con performance. So, yeah, it would be Illinois or bust for me here, Matthias. Uh, I'm tempted to still back him at the current price. I, I feel like <laughs> I should have backed him at two, and I was like, ah, oh, wait, maybe there'll be some cute Northwestern money, and no. Um, I'll say this. If you're a Illinois like insider and these weird chemistry things that have been circulating still seem prominent um, and they're still existing today, then maybe you back the Purple Kittens. Now's the best time to do it at plus four. Look at you trying right, to last... get people to get Northwestern money in there. Yeah, hey, <laughs> whales out there, wink, wink. Bring it down to three for me so I can hop back in against you. Uh, all right, last game here before we get to the chat mob round one. Another Big Ten tilt. Mr. McKenna, I'd like your thoughts before I unveil my best bet here. It's me, Shigen. 
who just beat Maryland by um, a bunch, who just beat Maryland by a million. I almost said who just beat million by a Maryland. They just beat Maryland by a million, uh, <laughs> a game removed from losing to Central Michigan without Boopy Miller, a game I'll never understand how the hell that happened. Anyway, Kai, Penn State, feisty on the road so far this season. They already beat Illinois at Illinois. Money pushed it up to minus four. It's currently Michigan laying four. Your thoughts? Yep. Uh, I'm looking for Michigan to continue its trajectory. Uh, I'm still a believer in this team. You saw the potential against Maryland. Yeah, the Central Michigan game was bad. Maybe it's the wake-up call they needed. Penn State is super good. I still don't think they can shoot like this the entire year. Their offense, their their whole ability to win is precarious because it relies so much on the three. If they go a game where they're cold and can't make an outside shot, it's over. Jalen Pickett's going to have his way on the block probably against Michigan here, but if they're not shooting, they can't win. Now, they've shot pretty well every single game. It's hard to really bank on that, but I think Michigan has a huge advantage with Dickinson inside. There's no match for him there. Pace might be a little bit slow, but I think Michigan can still extend. I do lean their way at minus four, Jim. Yeah, I do too, just kind of from a number sense. I'd like to know how much Dickinson cares about this game. Is he focused on calling Wisconsin scumbags on his podcast, or is he going to kind of <laughs> lollygag through this one? I, I just, he's he's yeah. way too focused on how many. Hunter, lock in. We I need make. you tonight. We, know, we need you. Lock in tonight. Let's go. I have some That's worries great. about the matchup for Michigan because I think Penn State with no size is going to really pack the paint and make it hard for Dickinson to score. So you need Jet Howard, Joey Baker. You need those guys to knock down shots. And the other end, Michigan's awful against dribble penetration. And that's pretty much a lot of what this Penn State yeah. team wants to do. They spread <laughs> it out with a whole ton of shooters, and then they get into those gaps and find open shots. Or like Kai said, they put Jalen Pickett on the block, and if he's guarded by Doug McDaniel, he's going to score 35 in this game. So there's some questions for me there. I think it could get to an over via efficiency. Uh, That's just kind of a sense of a lot of Penn State games in Big Ten play because of the way they're constructed. Uh, But sidewise, number definitely leads Michigan, Matt. I I just have some hesitancy and fear on the matchup. Yeah, the matchup uh, defensively, Michigan is is pretty scary. Like even if Penn State's not making shots, they can still get good, high quality interior shots because um, they have an edge uh, beating people off the dribble on the perimeter for Michigan. Uh, Jordan Jeske did point out how Michigan played a little bit of zone last game. Like there are evidence, there is evidence of some adjustments being made, some modifications being made to Michigan's defense. What finally, after State? like no, I mean Penn State can, will light you up. Um, but I, I just hope- I like that there's at least changing. Um, you know, mixing defenses, making changes to what we saw that can only be a good thing for the Stevens, which to me, Jim has been pretty porous for most yes. of the year. So I, I, would, I, I would hope Howard doesn't put McDaniel on Pickett. You can put him on Funk, put, put Buff. That's a whole other, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Even Terrence Williams, or, like, or put Williams, or he's Jed Howard, somebody else. <laughs> yeah, with size. Yep. <laughs> we all seem concerned about the defensive side of the ball for both teams, probably leaning toward the over. Um, it's been bet up to 141 and a half, 142. I, I, Again, that's an efficiency led over, not a pace led right. over. I don't know what pace will be. I just, it, it would seem like both teams can score. Yep. I agree. All right. Chat mob, round one. Jimbo. Oh, did you tell me it was your best bet? Um, no, but I I alluded to it very discreetly. Uh, Michigan is my best bet tonight, everyone. It's at minus four. Uh, I see some sharps in the chat got minus three. Props to you. Um, I did as well. I paid a little money for that hook because I'm Maddie Hooks. Just sets up well for them. I think this little bit of momentum they're going to ride off the Maryland game is going to continue tonight. Um, and Penn State's just due for a letdown, I think. So, gut the screen, Michigan. Yeah. I want to point out, you got minus three, yeah. minus 110. You didn't pay extra for that hook. Oh, I didn't? No. 
Oh, you're right. I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I messaged our, uh, okay. Anyway, side conversation. Jim, it's time for Chat Mob Raw 1. Uh, wow. Kai's I'm, I'm the czar. Kai, you're <laughs> the czar. feel good? Yeah, minus 110. Yes, I'm only going to lose That's awesome. a little Save bit. myself. Yeah, exactly. I'll send myself a little juice. <laughs> and All right. Loser. We got a lot in the Chat Mob already. It's fantastic. Come on, Kai. Read your writing. Ethan asks about George Mason and St. Bonaventure. I do have a take. I did write it for Action Network. I like St. Bonnie's here. Um, the the home ATS splits are pretty stark for St. Bonaventure. Six and one straight up and against the spread at home on the road. They are much, much worse. Pretty much opposite for George Mason. They have not been good away from home uh, this season. I think Mark Schmidt, greater than sign, came English by, by quite a bit. So I'm on the Bonnies today. Agreed. Yep. Uh, Jim, Missouri Valley from Ethan. Bradley and Murray State. Five point spread here. Murray, solid home court, but man, Bradley's good. Yeah, Bradley is just kind of a monster. I don't know if Murray State can really break them down. Uh, that that's the concern. I uh, with my total system that has been okay. <laughs> I bet the over and I hate it. Absolutely despise it. Betting a Bradley over is terrifying because their defense is full of multi positional awesome. destroyers. <laughs> I would lean towards Bradley in the spread, I guess, but nothing strong. Hardly in Bradley. Hardly in Bradley. I'll say that. Sorry, guys. Matt, you're kind of a first half guy. Leg show asks about uh, yeah, Charleston. It's been terrible. Charleston first half against NCA and T. What do you think? Uh, as I yeah, was just saying, I've been terrible at first half, despite that is an affinity of mine. I think you're getting a bad price now. Um, I've been bet up to 11 and a half, kind of like NCA and T. I know Charleston's a wagon, but it, at this point, you're going to see some UConn, Purdue leveling off of this Charleston team soon. It's just inevitable. They can't be the best team in the country at this point. Well, their, their last two first halves, they have been torrid offensively. So yep. I see it. Uh, we did receive, I'll say the spread in these from now on. I'm going to try to do that. VCU and Duquesne, Jim, minus one right now for the Dukes come down from like one and a half. Basically hasn't moved too much. Yeah, I, my gut was like, all right, it's time to get back to preseason priors with this and bet VCU as a dog against the Duquesne team that was really solid for a while and, and maybe has tapered off a bit. I didn't end up doing it because I'm scared and shook and uh, I don't know. I just couldn't talk myself fully into it and trying to kind of tighten up at this point a little bit, uh, but lean VCU. Matthew, UCF and East Carolina, six-point spread. UCF is favored on the road. Do you have a side? Mm, no, I've been slower to adapt to the East Carolina new normal. Um, I kind of think six of, is a big number. Uh, I do lean the Pirates today, even though I worry about their, can they compete on the glass with UCF? Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably, probably not. not. Jim in the SoCon, we got Chattanooga at UNC Greensboro. Chattanooga is plus one and a half. This question's from Harry. Yeah, I had a hard time with this one. Um, stronger takes than some of the other SoCon games. I like a couple of unders in the SoCon. This one, I didn't I didn't really have anything, Kai. I think both these teams are really solid and, and maybe potentially top three teams in the league. So I sat it, I sat it out. Matthew, back in the Missouri Valley. Drake just lost on the road to Missouri State. They have another tough one against SIU. People like Drake a little bit. It's plus one right now at the Salukis. Yeah, I did lean Drake, but thought a second or two about it and was like, ah, SIU's defense could could bring this game into a slog, especially that they're at home and they're a little bit in the, I'd say, a slightly more desperate spot. I don't know. It just felt kind of stinky to me. Not that it's a sketchy line. Just there's a gut part of me that was like, ah, match just pass on this one. But I do lean Drake pretty hard. Remember, SIU got triple swept by them last year. Oof. Maybe there's something to that. So, uh, UNC Wilmington and Elon, 
I'll say this. I'm not fading Wilmington. My number might have liked Elon a little bit. I said, no, thanks. They're once again, one of the best ATS teams in the country. They're 10 and three against the spread. I would take Wilmington or nothing in that game. Matt, Matt was the chat question, not Matt Cox. And another Matthew, Matt Cox asks about another Valley game. ISU blue versus ISU red. we got Indiana state, Illinois state thoughts on this one. Getting the spread seven points. Oh, it's up to seven. Oh, seven points. What do you think? Yep, that's where my gut was leaning as well. But I think Indiana State uh, quickly rewired their screws after that despicable loss in Northern Illinois. Um, And I foolishly bought into this Illinois State resurgence, which I think it's coming. It's just not in the full effect that I'd probably put stock into it. So Mm -hmm. I'd lean ISC Blue, actually, as high as that sounds. All right, last one before the rest of the rundown here. Jim, Mountain West, Colorado State on the road at Nevada. Nevada is four and a half point favorites. I don't think Colorado State is worth touching until you know if Tavi Lake and or Tavi Jackson and Jalen Lake are in there. I think Lake got, or Jackson got back to practice, but I don't know for sure if they're going to play. Without them, they're down to eight scholarship players and have really kind of tightened up the rotation. It hasn't gone very well. Losing at home to San Jose State at altitude was really, really disappointing. Hmm. Probably lean towards Nevada just because of Colorado State's personnel limitations. All right, let's head back to the rundown. I got the rest holstered, Matthew. Good for you. Uh, Number seven, TCU headed to Baylor, Jim. We got two Big 12 showdowns to kick us off here. The Bears get LJ Cryer back today. That's the key headline, I would say, from a personnel perspective. Um, It's been bet up to six, open at minus five and a half. My gut told me it was a little bit too high for a Baylor team. I don't all the way trust right now. Uh, largely due to their personnel inconsistencies. So maybe with a fully intact roster, we get a better effort today. What are you looking at? I think both teams could really dominate the offensive glass, like very strong on that end, and both are weak on the defensive glass. I don't like the matchup for Baylor's guards. I, I think they're fantastic off the dribble and in ball screens, but that's like their only source of offense. And TCU has some really strong uh, individual defenders, Bach and blanket guys. Mike Miles is pretty solid on the ball. That concerns me. Um, I kind of like the over here, Kai, which is strange for a TCU. Like, perceive them as a strong defense, lacking offense, but they're running a lot this year. And I think they're going to be willing to run with Baylor a little bit here. They just played a 74 possession game against Texas Tech in league play. That was shocking. Uh, so if this gets up over, Ken Palm's got it at 71 possessions. Uh, I kind of think the over might have some value. I'm a little surprised by the spread move to Baylor. <clears throat> uh, TCU's been... TCU's been awesome, like like a top 10 team in the country since those first three games. We, we had the Bart Torvik stats, I think, the other show, Jim. And Baylor's looked a little human. Now, they are tough at home. Cryer is back, so it could be a totally different Baylor product than you're, you're used to seeing the last couple of games, especially against Iowa State. I'm also still a Baylor believer, but I feel like this spread is way too high. Considering where both teams are right now, I would lean towards the Frogs at plus six. Right. If Baylor's fully healthy all year and they didn't have the weird efforts that they've had, I understand the, the money, but I that's not been the case. So I kind of with you. I, I lean toward the Horned Frogs here. Uh, staying in Big 12 country where uh, another just brutal matchup. God, I feel these teams are going to be dead by the time March rolls around. Um, save something in the tank, Big 12, Big 12 squads. Uh, Oklahoma hosting Iowa State, Jimbo. Uh, the Sooners lost a devastating home game in the Red River shootout to Texas. Again, they probably should have won. Uh, now they host Iowa State. The market has bet Oklahoma a little bit here, I believe, right? It's up to, oh, now it's back down to three now. So it opened three and a half. I think it went up to four. Now it's back down to three. You know, field goal at home basically assumes they're equals. I can buy that these two teams are equals on neutral. 
Yeah, I think Oklahoma is a little better, and I think Big 12 home is worth a little more than three. So I would have this higher than okay. three. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I'm interested in potentially adding the Sooners here at that three. I think I, I had seen three and a half, had missed the market move. And this, Kai, you got your little like 0 and 1 versus 1 and 0 team here. How much mm-hmm. does that matter? Iowa State coming off the big home wrecking of, of uh, Baylor there. So I kind of like the Sooners in a bounce back spot and Iowa State. I think that offense is going to look really bad on the road yep. against Big 12 defenses. Yeah, at, at four, I was kind of leaning towards Iowa State on a pure number perspective, but Oklahoma's home court is strong. Both these teams killed each other last year at home. Uh, each one won on their home floor by pretty comfortable margin. Uh, Koontz is still out for Iowa State. I think that matters still. I know it didn't matter against Baylor, but... I do think it does uh, affect them somewhat. And Iowa State's been bad on the road this year. They played one true road game. It was Iowa. They lost by 19. Small sample size for sure, but it's not the same team as at Hilton Magic. Um, Iowa State, though, Matt, is going to cause turnovers. That's the one angle everyone's probably looking at. Number one turnover rate in the country against a team that has Uzon and Cortez, who turned the ball over quite a bit. 230th in the country in turnover rate for, for Oklahoma. I'm a big Moser believer, though. I lean towards Big 12 home teams in general, so I, I'm staying away here. Yeah, Wagga Dog saying it's probably not worth much. I agree that there won't be a maybe a packed student section, but the OU home court, all Big 12 home courts, usually pretty strong. I think you have to respect it, um, even though it may not look like a fog Allen terrifying house of horrors. It's it's still a strong home court. Um, yeah, if, if you do the numerical like Ken Palm's home court analysis, they're all in the top like 45. Like, yep. they, they matter a lot. Yeah, Kempom's got it at four points, so you're right. Maybe it is worth a little more than, uh, you know, than the basic three, I guess. Next up, uh, one near and dear to both of your hearts. Jimmy, I'm going to you since you have the flair in the background. Arkansas hosting M-I-Z-Z-O-U. My gut was screaming Arkansas, but I'm a false son, a defector of the <laughs> Mizzou State lines as I went across to Indiana. So nicely adorned behind me here. Seven and a half, big, big though. I mean, Mizzou's been pretty awesome. You could maybe poke holes at who they played when they played them, but hard to do much of that. Yeah, my gut screams Arkansas here too, Matt. I'm not going to think any less of Mizzou if they get blown out here because I think the spot's terrible. They just won two massive games, have been getting their ego pumped up, inflated for two weeks now, coming out of holiday break, and Arkansas just lost at LSU. I think they're going to be angry. This is a tough place to play. Mizzou lost by 44 at Arkansas last year. I know it was a different coach and like a completely different roster, but this is a tough place to win. Seven and a half might be a bit high, um, but I kind of, I kind of buy that. Someone mentioned Arkansas first half in the chat. Bailey just said that I think Arkansas full games are better value because they just kind of wear teams down and and extend late. Uh, They've kind of been sleepy in first halves historically with Musselman and they're better second half team. So I would, I would lean towards full game or, Wait till halftime and then take Arkansas second half, Kai. Yeah. To Luke's question, I think Nick Smith is out for a while uh, for Arkansas. I'm not sure he's going to play again, to be honest. But uh, I'm scared against a team that can run, and that's Arkansas. If if you're a Mizzou fan, you have to be scared with the way they played against Kansas. I mean, transition opportunities are plenty. I even think Illinois had a lot of opportunities. They just missed shots. So that's scary, especially on the home floor of Arkansas. It's only the second true road game for Mizzou. They won in overtime against Wichita. Impressive win, but Arkansas is a different beast here. And the spot, like Jim mentioned, I mean, you couldn't have a better spot for Arkansas here. You're off a loss. Mizzou's off two major wins. They're ranked for the first time in two years, and they're on the road here going into a hostile environment, and Arkansas does not like Mizzou. There's no love held back for Arkansas fans towards Mizzou, Matthew. 
Uh, spread feels a little bit high, but I'm I'm staying away. I'm a fan tonight. I, I forgot to mention yeah. about the zone stuff. Uh, I think John Fendler tweeted this, and it, it's astute. Uh, LSU zoned Arkansas into oblivion last game. They shot three for 25 from beyond the arc, just couldn't score. And Mizzou has shown a clear propensity yeah, to zone. Yeah, Gates so will learn. Yep. matchup edge Good point. for Mizzou. Yeah, I, the more I think about it, the more I like the under. As, as crazy as that sounds, Mizzou unders have been a terrible, terrible investment strategy. And now I'm forgetting what I told myself like a week ago as I watched Mizzou just run up and down despite being up 30 against Illinois. Uh, but look at Arkansas's rotation last game. They basically played five dudes. The sixth man, Kamani Johnson, played seven minutes. Jalen Graham played three, and Joseph Pinion played two. This is not like the usual Arkansas spurtability second half team. I think that's actually more of Mizzou's MO with the depth that they have. Um, so I actually like the Arkansas first half angle, the more I think about it. I I, I co-sign that from the other chat. Nice job, chat. Uh, we have one more game? Yes, one more game. Kai, Virginia Tech hosting Clemson, little ACC tilt. Out there in uh, what's the what's the what what do they play Blacksburg. the the lantern Blacksburg? But what's the the gym called? Like so, the lantern I'm failing. I'm ah, failing. come on, Chad, help me you're out. You're our here. ACC guy. Come on, I know I should know this. It's one of my least favorite gyms, um, just because it's such a weird place to play. Anyway, Kai, Clemson's been a whack a mole. Virginia Tech's been, I don't know, consistent ish. I think there's a lot of shooting in this game. Over was my initial lean. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Uh, man, Clemson's been impressive in the ACC. 3-0. They, they can tie Miami atop the leaderboard if they win tonight. I think if you're going to bet Virginia Tech, you have to know about Hunter Couture. Uh, he missed last game. I think he's TBD today. He's huge for them. Uh, he matters a whole lot. Him and Sean Padula. The Castle Coliseum. The Castle Coliseum are incredible. Uh, if he's out, I lean towards Clemson at plus six for sure. Now, Virginia Tech's a much better team at home uh, at, uh, compared to the road. They're five and three against the spread at home, one and five everywhere else. They need this win a lot more than Clemson. They're sitting at one and two versus Clemson's three and oh. Uh, Clemson's not the best at denying outside shots. They kind of allow a high three-point attempt rate. It's pretty bad against Virginia Tech if Couture is in the game. So it's a lineup check for me. If Couture is in, staying away. If he's out, Eileen Clemson plus six, Jim. Yeah, I, I kind of like Virginia Tech if he's in. Um, I, I think this is a good buy low off the team that lost twice on the road against the team that's 3-0, and and maybe it's a, a fraud's mean, but I, I don't think they're going to win the ACC, and they're sitting atop the standings right now. So Clemson, I, I'm kind of keeping my eye on you. P.J. Hall was really bad last game. Five points, oh. one for nine, or two, excuse me, two for nine from the field. I think he got banged up. He was not in at the end of the game. I haven't seen a lot of reports about that, so I'm pretty sure he's like fine and going to play. But I don't think he's 100% healthy right now. It doesn't he, seem like he's at his peak of his powers. Yeah. And if Hunter Tyson's not going bananas, then they might struggle to score a little bit. So, Matt, I'm I'm a hokey guy here at Castle Coliseum. He's not going to be at 100% like the whole year. He kind of talked about it in some of the press conferences that he's just at this point in his career with the injuries he's had. He's just that he kind of has to play it week by week, game by game. So this is kind of part of the handicap of Clemson for me. Um, it's why I don't like getting involved in their games because a they're heavily reliant on their outside shooting, which is just odd for a Brad Brownell team. And b a lot of that's predicated on PJ Hall either himself or creating as like that interior trigger man. Um, so yeah, all that said, just n- nothing here for me. But God, tough to argue with what they've done so far last three games: NC State, Georgia Tech, and Richmond. Pretty good. Uh, that concludes our outline, at least the meat of it. Chat mob round two begins right now. Let's do it. Matt in the chat asks about Northern Iowa. And Valparaiso, I feel like I've given Matt the Missouri Valley question, so I'm going to ask Jim this one. Uh, two, uh, right. Sorry, three-point spread. Valpo is, is three-point underdogs at home. 
Uh, Kai, I'll defer to you for the Valpo fan forum takes. I know you're digging there and, <laughs> and they were not excited about their squad right now. Yeah. Um, and Northern Iowa maybe struggling a little bit. Nate Heisey recently ruled out for the year. They're not going to get that boost of him coming back. Austin Fife still not a piece of this team either. I still think uh, Northern Iowa has a little more fight in them than Valpo, who's also been missing uh, Diavero and then Rudinger, I think, is out for the year. So they're like pretty lacking at the point guard spot. Northern Iowa's not going to pressure you, so that doesn't help them as much. But I, I would yeah. lean towards Purple Panthers, Kai. Yeah, my number like Valpo, their fan forum is bleak. They, they're calling for Lodic's head. Uh, they're right. They only have three good players, and that's basically it. The depth is really sad on this team, especially with the injuries. So I'm staying off Valpo for now. Uh, Will in the chat asks about Villanova and Georgetown, Matthew. A nine-and-a-half-point spread at Georgetown. We shouldn't be surprised, but who do you like? Like Villanova? Um, for the obvious reasons. And I also like the over, even though I think Villanova's tempo will be played. Thus, another kind of a theme, I guess, today. Slower paced, higher efficiency overs. Uh, 142, I think they get to 150 because Georgetown um, can get randomly hot at times, but they certainly can't guard anybody on the other side. So Georgetown's one of my least favorite teams to bet an under on. They always seem yes. to go over to me. They They're, don't guard. They don't play any total. defense. Yeah. Uh, Georgetown's covered five of the last six against Villanova, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, they just they get up for this game, but this is also a different kind of Georgetown than the past few years. So nice. Jim, Florida, host Texas A&M. This one did not make the outline. Florida minus six. I believe A&M took a little bit of money, but I kind of forgot the opener already. What do you yeah, think? I'd, this... I'd seen seven as the opener, so yeah. it, it has come in on the dog a little bit, and I sort of agreed with that. Um, I just Florida, I don't know if they should be laying a touchdown to a conference opponent right now. They're not firing on all cylinders. I don't know that the pecking order is really figured out offensively or that really their offensive priorities are figured out offensively. Greg Waddell likes to say they don't run anything and it does, does look gruesome out there at times for them. A&M can be really feisty as an underdog. They should have gotten run out at Memphis and they just hung around, hung around, hung around and got inside the number. So I lean towards the dog here. All right. Lots of questions about Auburn and Georgia. I took Georgia. Don't love it. That's what I took. They're at home. They play tough at home. Last year, they're outside the top 200 in Kempom. They beat Alabama outright at home for their only SEC win. They competed with Auburn as well, lost by two. And this year's team is way better. Uh, I think they can actually have success against Auburn on the boards, get to the free throw line. Spreads high. Seven and a half, lean towards Georgia. Yeah, Auburn on the road too, just not the same team. Yes, although they they did play a little bit. Uh, they played well against the Pac-12 teams, but do those count? Right? I, I worry about Georgetown being fraud or Georgia being fraudulent a little bit. Look at their schedule. It's not been great. Yeah, sure. Yeah, back to next Notre Dame. Notre Dame sucks. Matt, (laughs) Mercer and Wofford. Mercer is minus one and a half hosting Wofford. What do you think? Uh, mm, Tough. Tough to peg both these teams. I kind of like the under, but it got bet like 20 points down. So I didn't actually get on that. Um. I kind of lean Mercer, Kai. I, it's a weird team to back. Mercer is the one of the most Jekyll and Hyde teams, has been the last couple of years. Just a lot of personnel in and out of the rotation, guys. So you just don't know what you're getting any, any given day with that team. Jim Longwood from Sean is on the road at Charleston Southern. Longwood, minus seven and a half. They have smoked the first two Big South teams they played. I think they smoke a third, Kai. Uh, Charleston Southern, I, I do not have a very... What? I said light them up. Light them up. Uh, I do not think Charleston Southern is all that... Strong. I think they've been blown out by a few teams that are kind of at Longwood's what level. You mentioned the blowouts Longwood's had. They might be Colgate of the Big South, where you just have to yeah. give them a different rating in league play. They know how to torch these teams. 
Matt, you get Dayton and St. Joe's. Dayton minus 14 and a half. Woo, are they that good? Are they getting back to where we thought they'd be preseason? Yes, and St. Joe's will help them look like such tonight, I think. So whether that's real or not real, Kai, I, I think it, you know, it, either way, I think it results in a Dayton smash. I do. But the defense is real for Dayton. They really defend. Guys, our Big East team, Chicago's Big East team, DePaul, heads on the road to Butler. Jim, eight-point spread. Butler has looked hot and cold, I would say, this year. ATS record actually reflects that. They're about 500. Who do you like in this game? Yeah, did Butler get right by playing Georgetown, or did they just play Georgetown? Like, I don't know. Do, do we do we take <laughs> anything away from that actual performance or not? Uh, DePaul didn't get away from Georgetown, which is concerning. Um, but I, I don't know. DePaul has been kind of a whack-a-mole for me as well. Basically, every team in the state of Illinois has been whack-a-mole for me this year. <laughs> I, will, I will just say that. Um, so, yeah, Kai, I would probably lean towards Butler at home, but who knows with DePaul. Matt's on Butler every game. That didn't count. Matt, our <laughs> yeah. our hometown team, St. Louis, is on the road at UMass. UMass took money. This one is down to three points. Slew is a favor on the road. Got to take in this game. Man, no. I don't know why you'd bet either side in this game. This feels like an over to me. Feels like a live bet game to me. Feels like a game where you think you, you have a side, you're up 15, and sure enough, you check the score about 10 minutes later, and it's back to two. So uh, I would say good luck to all people betting this game on the side. Yeah. And Levesque is out too, which I think probably helps the over, like the main big yes, guy. Right, yeah, UMass. great point. Thank you. A uh, question about Temple at South Florida. I took Temple. I don't like it. Uh, Dunn is back in the lineup, but they're still missing Jameer Reynolds. But man, I think South Florida is actually pretty good. Uh, I like South Florida. I fear. This I hate game. myself for it, but I, I fear this game. But I did take Temple, slave the number, whatnot. Yeah, I, Kai, I was the same. South Florida actually has semi-competent offense this year. What's yeah. that about? They've been a lot better this year. They've been running a little bit more, too. Uh, and, Jim, finally, we're getting the the ugly game of the day uh, is what we'll deem this. Pat wants to know about the basically the lowest-ranked teams in Kempom playing each other, or highest, whatever you want to prefer. It's uh, it's Pine Bluff. Excuse me. It's, uh, yeah, Pine Bluff against Alabama State. Who do you think? Uh, I've been leaning game? peanut butter. I've actually been higher on both of these teams than the market pretty much throughout non-conference play. So that gave me no edge numerically in this one, but I think Pine Bluffs can be feisty as a dog. Alabama state. Yes. They were able to barely sneak out of cover against Mississippi Valley state, but I don't love them as like a favorite land points here. So uh, Matt, I know you love these swack road dogs, right? Can we talk about my Delta dogs, the Valley state boys in action today, Kai, no questions about them. They're on my card today. Well, go ahead. I like him. I backed him. Uh, early money disagreed. <laughs> early money saw Mississippi Valley State, and they, uh, they bet uh, Alabama A&M, which, okay, that team has been a good favorite in like the last four years. So, sure, they good luck to you. I'm taking, I'm taking the Valley State dogs. Let's were you going to do, do Hawaii elbows? Were you going to do a bow was... thing and then forgot that you were – Yeah, Hawaii. it was. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that we're on camera. I know you. I know you so, so tough. Ray in the chat, we did speak to Charleston first half against NCAMT. I sort of lean towards AT full game at plus 12. I think it's a tad high, but um, I did not play it. Did not Charleston's play it. been the first half wagon. So they have indeed. Yes. Uh, all right. That does it for Chat Mob Round 2. Let's get to best bets. Hockey I'll pass back to you. Start us off. I'm going to check this is the right spread. I think it is. Wake Forest plus 10 and a half is my best bet against UNC. You've been keeping track of my best. Oh, excuse me. 10 at Bet Rivers. Yikes. If you've been keeping track of my best bets, they have not done very well on this show. Just full disclosure. Wake Forest plus 10, though. Uh, 
Should UNC be a fav- be favored by double digits against anybody? That's my question right now. They've been a double digit fave seven times. They have covered three of them. They're four and nine against the spread overall. Not the best team to back. Um, Wake's been very impressive the last two games in ACC play. Seem to be firing on all cylinders. They also beat UNC by 22 last season at their place. I think Steve Forbes is a much better coach than Hubert Davis, like by a mile. And I trust Appleby and Wake's guards uh, over UNC's guards right now. Wake also has multiple bodies to throw at Baycott. Hopefully one of them slows him down. That's my handicap for Wake plus 10. Jim, what is your bet? I just want to say, Kai, your game feels a lot like Kentucky LSU yesterday. It does. Uh, does. 10-point spread, blue blood at home that has struggled to cover big numbers Mm -hmm. and a better coached underdog. Um, I would would go there. Uh, My under is New Mexico State at Stephen F. Austin, and I am looking at Bet Rivers right now, and it's 145, so an extra point of value from pre-show when it was 144. Stephen F. Austin's actually been fairly slow this year. They've had a lot of injuries throughout their rotation, so they've slowed things down and tried to play a little bit more of a half-court game. New Mexico State, maybe a bit of a pace taker under Greg Heyer. We'll see if that uh, that bears out. But they also don't have Anthony Roy, their best shooter. He is sequestered in the state of New Mexico, so he does not get to come here. I think that impacts the offense as well. So between a little bit of pace and efficiency, that is my under of the day. Mexico State SFA under 145. Matthew. Me, she, I'm a Michigan man, minus four. I should add Valley State to the uh, card as the last second buzz, but I won't. I'll keep it eh. off. Just a one play card for me. Um, just think the Wolverines get it done tonight at home. They continue that big mo from the Maryland stop. And that's all we have today. Thanks for uh, stopping by. Come back tomorrow and join us. We will be uh, here tomorrow, same time. That would be 12 Central, 1 Eastern, 10 Good. Pacific. Uh, Bet Rivers, thank you for making this all possible. Field of 68, thank you guys. And until tomorrow, good luck.